Hey listener, so typically the show would just start right now, but real quick, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Goldra. That dope intro theme you just heard was mixed by Heath with the help of Goldra. So if you are a podcast and you have any musical needs, hit up Goldra. You can find him on social media under at Goldra Prod. If you want to get the link, you can find it in our description below. Also, during this episode, Ian gets a little visitor he wasn't expecting. So if you want to see the actual visitor, we have posted it on our Instagram. All right, back to the show. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Geeks Rants About. I am AJ. With me, of course, is Heath. What's up? Ian. I'm here. And special guest from the Matt and Mark movie show, Matt. What's going on, man? Hi, thanks for having me, everybody. I'm very excited. You are actually our first proper guest that we've had on our show. Uh, at one point, Ian was a guest, and now he's part of the show. So, I'm not a proper guest. There's a know. trend. You see, there's a trend. Yeah. <laughs> this is our way to rope in another member. Why not? We need seven members of the freaking podcast. <laughs> so, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about for those unfamiliar? You had us on your show to talk about the Tomorrow War. So, we decided to uh, pay you back with a good movie. <laughs> with, uh, the oh, Green Knight. Thank you. Yeah, no, this was really nice of you guys because you could have given me something really bad um <laughs> yes we're at the matt and mark movie show we're but the title don't lie uh we're a movie podcast it's me and my buddy mark we've both um been in the industry for a number of years in and out of it um and mostly what it is is it's the two of us kind of acting like jerks talking about movies but there is in-depth discussion uh believe it or not when we don't break off into tangents we get easily distracted if that sounds like that's something up your alley <laughs> check us out we're on all the major platforms it's almost kind of like i've been asking people at the end of our show like hey where do you find your podcast and it's inevitably always the same it's like on all the platforms you're on um <laughs> so yeah wherever you find your pods the matt and mark movie show we would love to have you yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan. If you guys like us at all, you absolutely adore them. Uh, I've been making sure. my way backwards through your catalog, and I've reached the episode where you guys talk about We Can Be Heroes, and that was a treat. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> an like, old I'm going, school one. Yeah, I'm going through your episodes. I'm like, wow, these are good, proper movies. Like, you cover Mank. You cover, like, all these proper movies, and I'm like, we can be heroes. And I'm like, I have, yeah, to, we have, we have a thing where that. we're, we're trying not to be too serious. Like we'll cover the big ticket stuff, but then like every, I want to say every eight or 10 episodes, we inevitably wind up coming to like, should we do a family movie? We should check out a family movie. Um, <laughs> and so we've had, we've had, a, I don't know, three or four of those on the show already. I'm a fan. It's really, really great. Uh, so <clears throat> well, obviously we're going to be talking about the green Knight. obviously heavy spoilers about the green Knight, And I, I really just want to dive straight into our experiences with this because I had a very bizarre experience seeing this movie because we're back in theaters again. And this is a theater exclusive movie. So it's not like you can just watch it at home. You have to put the effort in, go into a theater and see it. And I guess I'll start the show off with a, with a little story. So I don't know about you guys, but uh, I go to Cinemark and I have the app. And if you are a movie member or whatever, like whatever member to their uh, subscription thing, you can get like 25% off your ticket and concessions. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I bought the, uh, my bag of popcorn and a soda and I was like, you can pre-order it. And so I'm like, oh, I'll go and I'll pick it up. But you still have to wait in line, like with all the other not really like prepared people. So I'm like, no, you would think it'd be a separate line for it. But no, I'm literally like, there's five people in line who did not order ahead. And I'm like trying to hurry up. And I'm like, hi, I ordered this stuff already. And the lady hands me my popcorn. I get to go about my way. But I'm like, why have the the pre-order thing? Yeah, there's no difference. It didn't save me a second at all. That's when I miss AMC, man, because they've got that premier access line. Mm -hmm. They treat you right. Like you're at a first class at an airline. They're like, come on in. They hand you the hot towel and they're like, step on up. You just have to see the 30 minutes of commercials. (laughs) Oh, dude, that was. They, I, I, I am willing to forgive the commercials because they're like, we got to start making our money back. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there is a thing. To, if you pay like extra two bucks, you can have it delivered to your seat, which is interesting. Hmm. I, I was, really? I, is, I, that, I wait, scoffed, is that a Cinemark yeah. exclusive? Uh, I don't know if it's exclusive, but they offer it there. And I was very, I scoffed at it. And then after that experience, I'm like, two bucks might be worth that time. <laughs> Dude, my local is a Cinemark. I'm totally going to try that next time. If I could have it's not in-seat bad. delivery. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's not bad at all. But uh, so I'll tell I'll tell the second part of my story after this part. So let's talk about our because this movie was has been it got the COVID push. It was supposed to come out last year. Uh, what were your guys's preconceived notions of the movie? Uh, let's start with with Heath. What did you think of the movie before watching? It? Uh, I knew it was a twenty four or a two four, so I knew it was going to be you know pretty art housey. 
uh, news Arturian st- uh, story, kind of retelling of the Green Knight. Uh, but from the from the trailers, trailers kind of pre- put in a conception of it being almost actiony, almost like this giant epic, almost Lord of the Ringy. And I did mm-hmm. not get that experience after like the actual experience was different <laughs> yeah. in the trailer by far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how about you? I wanted to go into this movie raw, no trailer, nothing. So I I had knew nothing about the movie. All I knew it was King Arthur round table. That's it. I had no idea what the movie was going to be about. Um, so this was definitely an interesting ride. <laughs> Not having any <laughs> preconceived notions on the movie. So, yeah. All right. Matt, what'd you think? Um, going in, I expected my, my thing with a 24 is that it's always a flip of the coin with them. I feel like I either love their content or I hate it. I loved Midsommar. I hated hereditary. I loved mm-hmm. the lighthouse. I didn't care for moonlight. It's like, I didn't know what side of the coin I was going to get. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be duped by this trailer. This looks too amazing. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to show up and that's going to be like five seconds of the actual movie. And the real movie is going to be Dev Patel, like dragging a sack behind him for 10 hours or whatever it was going to be. <laughs> so I was going in low expectations, low. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm fam. I always talk about it on the show. I'm not a big trailer guy. If uh, I will, if it's, a new movie i will obviously try i have to be interested somehow so i will watch a trailer i saw the first trailer for it and i'm like i'm in looks cool i like david lowry i uh the only other work i've seen of him is uh, a ghost story which i really liked but it is critical that you are aware of david lowry's style uh before getting into this so i wasn't as i wasn't expecting dark souls when i was seeing this movie <laughs> because i know that's he will have literally a 5 minute scene of a chick eating pie in yes. his movie, which it, that sounds terrible. But if you see it in context, it's wonderful and a little gross, but wonderful. <laughs> so uh, I had high expectations for it. This was the chatter, like the movie all there. All, everyone was talking about of uh, this supposed to be, you know, the, the big movie. And then when it got pushed, I was actually heartbroken by it. That was the movie I was most looking forward to last year. And it got pushed. So finally getting to see it was uh, was a treat. But so I, I, I'm, I'm happy that Heath brought it up because you're not the only person who went into this movie with the wrong preconceived notions. That trailer definitely set it up as this giant, almost action. It seemed like an action adventure movie. Giant saga. Yeah. It it did paint that way, which that's, that's on the marketing. They really dropped the ball on that one. But uh, when I'm in theater, so there's not a lot of people in my theater. I saw it at one o'clock on a Sunday. So not a lot of people. There's like one guy alone next to me. There's like two people in like the very, very front. And then there's a family sitting directly behind me. And this is a family. I'm talking a mom, dad, and like a six-year-old girl. And I'm already like, this was a bad choice, people. (laughs) This is the weekend where there's Jungle Cruise and Snake Eyes and Black Space Jam. Go Go take your daughter to go see that. And the whole time, all I hear every 15 minutes, I hear... <laughs> I'm watching oh, this movie. No. <laughs> it, it was driving me insane and the, the last bit here so I'm, I'm trying my best to be myself we have a guest but i'm also just gonna 100 be myself here there's a fox in the movie again we're, we're gonna talk spoilers there's a fox in this movie and for whatever reason every single time this little girl saw the fox on screen i guess at home she has a dog named bundy every time the fox showed up she'd go bundy <laughs> oh bundy. gosh <laughs> i was losing my mind trying to watch this freaking movie there's so much going on you have as a view there's so much active viewing in this movie and this little freaking girl wouldn't shut up because the cute <laughs> fox was on the screen and see that's the one good thing about being able to stream movies from home now is not having to deal with that and the see like i love movies in the theater mm-hmm. but things like that piss me off dude it, was, and it seems yeah. like it's even worse now because over the the quarantine i feel like i had 100% successful movie screenings at my house. There was never any phones or bullshit or babies. There was nothing. Yeah. It was yeah. just fantastic. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to return to the theater to deal with people because I have never had a run, like a wind streak, a hot streak of movies, of great experiences. And now I'm going to go back into the pits with these people. I was like, it's going to it's gonna be like the fucking purge. There's yeah. going to be fire. They're going to be yelling. Um, somehow, I have lucked out the last three screenings I've gone to, I find Dang. my ace in the hole is Friday midday between, if you could get your movie between the hours of one and three, 
you are solid at my local. It's like five other people. No one talks. No one even wants to make eye contact. Even on accident. <laughs> even if you accidentally have to step over, they don't want to look at you. It's fine, and I respect yeah. that. In a way, it feels like a weird sex club. No one wants to look at each other. We're just there to watch a movie, and that's it, and I respect the hell out of it. So I've had great Oop. experiences. Nine Jill. So I'm going to have to try that time frame. That's actually not a bad idea at all. Yeah. Uh, something else that happened weird, though. So in the middle of the movie... Little girl gets up, goes to the bathroom, I guess. So I'm like, whatever, fine. It's quiet for like five minutes. And then she comes <laughs> back and it's a theater. Obviously, it's dark. And she starts walking towards my aisle. And she gets like probably four seats away from me, locks eyes with me, goes, oops, and then turns around and walks away. <laughs> I'm like, this is just my nightmare because obviously I'm not the most social person in the world. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. So. So, okay, so you so had an amazing experience with this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Clearly, clearly. It must be something kind of special for me. Like, I, I got home and then my wife's like, how was it? I'm like, I loved it. <laughs> After all that. <laughs> but uh, there were some trailers I played before this that I found to be curious because I, I, it's been... Uh, Heath, have you gone to the theater since all this no, stuff No, this is actually your first time in a year and a half. Yeah, in a long time. Dang. And uh, in a really long time, it's personal experience. And it was kind of eerie, honestly, because you get your tickets, there's like a kiosk. And you mm-hmm. just walk in, like no one's just sit, like no one checks your ticket. You just walk in, and yeah. I sat down, and this dude, like two rows in front of me, had this cough, like deep cough. <laughs> so all I kept thinking about was like, dude, stop coughing, bro. Please stop coughing. <laughs> Let me enjoy this movie. I mean, some deep coughs too. I was like, that's oh, terrible. <laughs> uh, Ian, what about you? Have you been in theater since? Dude, this is the first movie I've seen in theater since wow. everything happened. So this was, yeah, this is my first. So, yeah. you know. Uh, there are some trailers that came up during the this movie that I don't if you guys I don't know if you've gotten to seen before yet, but I, I saw a couple of these when I saw Black Widow. But there's the the protege coming yeah. out with, starring Maggie oh, Q, which yeah. I'm like, good for her. I'm glad she's still getting work. I loved Maggie Q back in the day. The star she in my heart, <laughs> she will always be the chick from Balls of Fury. I will never <laughs> ever let that go. I love I unironically God, but that love trailer, that movie. It's like it tells you the entire movie. It's almost yeah. to a yeah. ridiculous yeah. degree. Like why <laughs> have Sam Jackson in the trailer at all? Like we yeah. know he's gonna. Do. What's that? Is I mean, Sam Jackson just like <laughs> retiring now and he just kind of wants to buy the occasional car? Why is he popping up for like yeah, 10 minutes in he's movies? He's getting into his Michael Caine phase of life where he's like, <laughs> I don't say no. I got grandkids. I've got mm-hmm. boats and summer homes. These things don't pay for themselves. <laughs> so he's just yeah. going to say yes. I actually think you could probably get him on this podcast. If we, if we all chip in $20, <laughs> I bet we could get him as a guest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. that. Mo- yeah, the movie looks fine. Uh, the only the thing that I'm really drawn to with it is I, I'm a Michael Keaton fan. I'm a sucker for Michael Keaton, in fact. And seeing oh, yeah. him in this John Wick looking movie, I'm on board with. I just love myself some uh, Michael Keaton. It's interesting for sure. <clears throat> I've, been, else so I've was, been to yeah. the movies of the last three weeks. I've gone on Friday at the same time. And I have to tell you, I have seen, because they're showing the same trailers, and mm-hmm. I have seen this one trailer succeed. Literally, just a wall of noise. Nobody cares about the trailers. This one trailer murders, like, kills every time. It's the fucking Jackass Forever trailer. Anytime it plays, it doesn't matter who my audience is. It doesn't matter what the vibe of the movie is. It kills. Like, people are like, like they've never seen an episode of Jackass before. They think it's like the craziest (laughs) shit ever. It is a funny trailer, and I'm excited about the movie. But I'm just amazed at the power of the trailer. Like, whoever cut this deserves a big time raise because it slays every fucking week it slays it I'm does right and i think you, it's just actually. we need it <laughs> like we're like we is yeah, like no, it's the nation yeah. like we need just dumb fun and hard yeah, to get man. more dumb and fun than jackass <laughs> it's also funny too because that when that trailer played i again like the people behind me all i heard was the dad go another one <laughs> yeah, it's about we're right. all thinking it, but yeah. well, if you're uh, one of the three subscribers to Paramount Plus, you can actually watch any of the Jackass movies anytime. They have all the uh, special editions, like the point fives and the extended mm-hmm. three and a half, and all that stuff. So I might, I might go down the Jackass rabbit hole right before because I'm one of the three people that has Paramount Plus. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to that. Just a weekend of Jackass, yeah. uh, and the. The last trailer I saw was for, it was actually the first time I saw this trailer. I've been meaning to watch it for a while, just I haven't gone around to it. And I saw the trailer for The Lamb. Did you guys also have that trailer come up? Yes. That, that looks, looks like weird. A, that's I'm really on board movie. with it, just because how weird it is. Dude, it's yeah, almost I, too weird. <laughs> this, is like the, uh, this is like the arty year of the animal movie, right? We have Pig mm-hmm. versus <laughs> Lamb. <laughs> so I'm that's waiting. <laughs> yeah, I, you know yeah. somebody else is like gonna have rabbit or something right i'm hoping a whole animal cinematic universe 
Oh God, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, all leading all right. up. Their Infinity War is basically right, exactly. a remake of Babe. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. gonna be super weird and art housey, and oh, I love it. <laughs> that looks like all a trip right. for sure. So let us dive into this movie. So we got the Green Knight, which uh, rated R with a runtime of two hours and ten minutes. I meant to pull up their budget ahead of time because it's. It, box office numbers are so strange right now because with every like theater slowly opening up again, it says a worldwide gross of 6.7 million. Uh, it's about right for this kind of movie. I'm not expecting, you know, blockbusters for this kind of film, even though the, the marketing for which I guess we'll talk a little bit about. You said the marketing was uh, Heath. You took it as just it's it presented itself as, you know, action adventure uh slaying drag that type of thing like that's so your word for dark Sony souls going it, for it. it felt like a dark souls tone like a very dark gritty yes. tone of an action adventure mm-hmm. and so i guess let's go ahead and just start talking about our uh our goods from this from this movie uh heath go ahead and give your thoughts and stuff you enjoyed about this uh movie. the two things immediately cinematography was stellar in this movie mm-hmm. absolutely stellar beautiful shot beautiful scenery uh great just like the clothing the sets everything was great on par mm-hmm. Um, even above that was the score. The score was God tier. It was beautiful. a beautiful score. It, it lent so much to the atmosphere of this movie, big time. Uh, those are two biggest things that that's immediately struck, struck me, this movie. Mm-hmm. Ian? Man, uh, I just want to praise our main character. Uh, is it Dev Patel? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, Dev. Dude, he was freaking amazing in this movie. I mean, I, stellar actor, but... Um, uh, I have to agree with you. Cinematography was great. Uh, I love the transitions between the scenes. It kind of gave me a uh, Quentin Tarantino feel a little bit with like the text on the screen and everything. Um, very stylized, yeah. Yeah, very Absolutely. stylized kind of uh, movie. Uh, dude, w- even just like the beginning of the movie, I didn't really know what kind of movie this was going to be because like even the music, <laughs> like you just hear like this clink, like almost like nails, like tapping on a <laughs> on a desk or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. This is a horror movie, isn't it? No, this is definitely a horror movie. What is this? So I don't know. Like the the music definitely gave like a different tone even in the beginning. So yeah, I mean, I just that's basically kind of my goods on this. Yeah. All right, Matt. What do you think, man? Yeah, um, I I'll definitely echo um, the other gentleman on the show. Um, but I'll say that my my favorite thing I came away from it with was the scale of everything. Everything yeah. felt massive. Like. I felt like I was being swallowed by every frame. And I think a lot of that comes down to um, practical locations, like no green. I just watched the Jungle Cruise. That movie looks like it was built in a computer. The Green Knight, (laughs) they actually went and shot outdoors and it looks incredible. Um, And also the way that it's lensed, it it gives this grandiose scale to everything when the green knight moves he feels massive when dev patel's coming down the road on the back of the horse you can see the kingdom winding back behind him it feels large um and the scale was the first thing that jumped out at me the second thing was the ballsiness of this movie because i've i like you have seen the other david lowry movies and he's been hit or miss for me i loved a ghost story i should have hated a ghost story i loved it um did not like pete's dragon and i was really iffy on the old man and the gun because again i think i was tricked by the the marketing thought it was going to be like a fun heist caper film and it's like a sad old guy retirement movie Um, (laughs) and here i thought the same thing i was like here we go again you're trying to sell me this you know amazing vision where I'm going to be floored by everything, and he delivered. Um, it was a hard fantasy film. When's the last time we had a hard fantasy yeah. movie? I mean, exactly. I know I'm thinking about like Lord of the Rings or The Hobbits, right? But again, like even as great as Lord of the Rings is, those movies feel kind of aged and plasticky. They look computery. This feels like Willow or something. Like it feels like <laughs> you could go here. You could go to these places and touch these things. It was insane. Yeah, you you nailed it. Uh, I, I mean, you guys, you guys got most of it. There's not much left. I really enjoyed the color <laughs> use of this. I, I found the, like the dramatically colorized scenes of, you know, when he's diving under the water and like the red light kicks on, I'm just like, exactly this kind of style. I'm like, it's so, I don't know. It's just so artistic. Cause this this you don't expect that in this kind of movie. And so it takes a steady hand to make this work. Uh, the performances were wonderful. The green Knight. I forgot homeboy's name. Uh, he's, he was in, uh, the witch and oh, what is homeboy's name? Oh, you're talking about in, Ralph Innocent. Yes, that guy. He's got the best he voice a, of all time, dude. He the sec, I just finished uh, 
milk, uh, gunpowder milkshake. What's it called? Yes. The assassin. Yes. He, and, and the second he popped up on screen, I just got, I got excited. I'm like, he is the perfect bad guy for this. He, I, his presence <laughs> in every movie is just heavy weight. He has weight on screen. Perfect casting as the green knight. Uh, I loved the, the, like the fantasy element of us uh, elements of it. And I also, I just, I loved the, the, the the ballsiness of the story it willing to go places that you wouldn't expect it to and the fact that it's like okay well this is the 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 ghost of this story let's get weird about it and because there's <laughs> i feel like for every what movie did i we recently talk about with a oh, birdman we talked about the birdman where there are a thousand versions of this story that don't have the courage to go in this style where it's an arthurian story all right well we've seen a countless king arthur type stories do they i don't i don't even think they call him arthur they do, not. This, do they? Yeah, mm. I don't remember hearing his name. They uh, say yeah. Guinevere, and that was my only tip off that it was Arthur. Yeah, and like little, like that kind of thing. Where to me, it rewards you so much as an active viewer. Where the the scene where like uh, uh, homeboys like, I need a, a sword, and King Arthur's like, I have one, and he like brings out Excalibur, <laughs> Excalibur and like assume, literally yeah. the exposure changes on the on screen. It gets brighter as the sword comes out. It's little things like that that are just. Wonderful. You don't have to Wasn't have some cool? nice... That, that sword almost starts to set you up for other little visual cues. Like, you see that guy with the tattoos, and you're like, oh shit, that's Merlin. Nobody <laughs> yeah. talks to him. Nobody <laughs> says anything. But all now, your mind is jumping to all these conclusions exactly. so quickly. It's awesome. Yeah. Exactly. They don't hold your hand with a lot of this stuff here. It just rewards you as a viewer for having... even a, You don't have to be you know a deep knowledge of, of medieval history, but you know the basic sword in the stone, and you got Merlin, and you got... you know all it, To me, them having that just kind of be a backdrop for this story was wonderful. Uh, because it, it gives you the idea of this world. And something else that I, uh, that I really enjoyed it about it was the... The performance from from uh, I'm sorry I keep forgetting I'm horrible with names with uh, our lead he had yeah. a lot of weight on his shoulders for this film because yeah. a yeah. lot of the again because that's David Lowry's style of like let's just have a guy show him for three minutes just walking and, and it's not an easy character to play because he's yeah exactly he's really not a great knight he's actually a horrible knight he lacks he all yeah. the virtues of, of knighthood and he's like kind of a complete dick about it um but somehow <laughs> you root for him you care for him like in the moment when um before the green knight shows up i was really touched by this and i thought god this is like a great jumping off point for this movie when there it's christmas day and king arthur's like tell me a tale entertain me i need to be entertained whatever he's like <laughs> mm-hmm. and dev he's like tell me of your exploits and dev patel in that moment he realizes all the like sex all the booze all that stuff it goes away and he's just a real person for a moment and he goes i don't have basically i don't have anything to tell you because i haven't done anything <laughs> And I felt really bad for him in that moment. And I was like, that's an incredible performance. And it sets you up for why you care about him. You want him to find himself. You want him to do great things. Um, That's like a really complex character. And that that work happens quick. Yeah, exactly. Any kind of hero's journey type story where the guy has to fail. And he, that's, it's so easy to be unlikable during that, where he, the with the second when uh he's doing he's talking to the ghost which uh yeah, I don't know Heath then and Ian did you guys recognize the chick the the headless ghost chick yes she's from Game of Thrones right uh she may have been I, I'm not sure no, but she was in Falcon in, Winter no Soldier. she's in um the show she's the bad uh, guy Captain from Falcon, Falcon Winter Soldier yeah, yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier <laughs> oh yeah okay yes of course yes yeah, yeah I'm, I was so happy because I'm like yay she gets I, I'm always excited when I see characters like that get more work because I'm like because people I didn't like her character necessarily in the show but I thought she did a great performance so I'm like yay yeah. she gets work uh. It's easy, to, like when he's like, "Oh, what am I gonna get for reward for you know grabbing right, your head exactly, out, of the, yeah. out of the lake?" She's like, "She's like, really? That's a Why screwed up that? question. <laughs> Maybe it's the right thing to do." And he's like, "Oh yeah, huh? Why did I expect a reward? Like, there's a lot. It's a there, it's a charming way of handling that situation as opposed to what could have very easily, again, would have made us dislike. And the second you dislike the character, this movie, I feel like, can really fall apart for you." So yeah. that goes to the writing and the performance. Also, uh, King Arthur, I thought was wonderful. Sean Harris, I always, I love seeing him pop up and stuff. Uh, he's countless stuff, but the, my go-to with him just because I thought he was great was, uh, uh, was it Rogue Nation? It was one of the Mission Impossible yeah. he's movies. The, he's the main bad guy now in the uh, the new uh, the new Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, and I, 
great presence, the same you know, iconic voice, uh, having him play King Arthur and being able to, and that shows his, his strength as an actor, being able to have this warmth, fatherly leadership type of role where every time, uh, <laughs> it's okay, Ian, <laughs> every time, uh, something comes up where he's like, uh, Dev was like, I don't have a story to tell you. That could have been like, Oh, okay. But instead it was like a nurturing moment of like, okay, you will have something to tell. Eventually Guinevere came into the, for the aid there. Uh, so uh, along with that, let's talk more about there's stuff going on with Ian right now. Uh, Ian's in his own A24 movie right now. There is a giant tarantula right by my desk. Dude, so you are, oh my God. That's why I'm like kind of quiet and like trying to remain calm. <laughs> Behind the curtains, listeners, uh, Ian texts us on the chat, there's a big spider in my room. And in my head, I'm like, oh, it's a normal size big spider that yo it's like a daddy long legs but apparently there's a tarantula and he's just sitting there like a champ not leaving frame Dude, like oh my gosh you're gonna be one of my chair right now i never would have guessed man you have resolve <laughs> steely resolve that is oh my you gosh you are ready to be a knight my friend yep. you lived your own green knight story <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh let's go ahead and like see, we're already having a conversation about this but let's talk a little bit about the the more negative aspects of this movie and then we can free for all kind of talk heath i know which I'll give you the the floor for you. You weren't you weren't very high on this movie. We talked a tiny bit about it off air. Yeah, very so briefly. go ahead and get what was because I'm very curious. What didn't you like about this film? I think what it boils down to the most is it was art housey, but not in the best kind of way for me. Like I felt this very style over substance. Like I understand you guys having these, all these great inference from every every event that happened. I definitely understood most of those. I definitely understood like it was his trials and tribulations to becoming a knight, uh, him trying to literally almost facing each pillar of knighthood and him facing everything from his, his courage, his celibacy, all these, all these issues and him going through all those issues. But at every turn, I feel like these director choices that to me meant nothing and added nothing to the story, to my, how it resonated with me or anything. I just felt like it was just almost uh, him doing it for the sake of doing it for us like uh, to put our nose up and say, Oh, that was beautiful and, and cute. <laughs> um, it just felt very like a snotty and, and, and art housey, but not in the way I prefer. Okay. That's totally fair. I, that's totally fair. Uh, Ian, now that there's not a gigantic Kaiju in your room, what did you think of that? <laughs> so I don't know if this is more of a woe on the movie or more of a woe on me, but I had a really hard time like piecing together what exact, like even the ending I'm trying to figure out. Okay. So what are these trials? Like what is going on specifically? So I actually had to watch a video afterwards to kind of explain like what was going on throughout the movie of like for each step. And it, it help, I think it helps if you have a little bit more of a backstory of uh, the Knights of the Round Table and like, you know, like their star symbol, like of like the five different types of things that are for being a knight. And like basically the whole movie is like him basically failing every single one of these things that make him a knight. And I'm like, Oh, that's why like this happened. Like whenever he asked for some something in exchange to finding that chick's head in the lake, and she's like, "Why did you ask that?" That's you know that's he just failed just just then. Yeah. So I, I didn't get that throughout the entire movie um, mm -hmm. of what what was going on. So him going through all these different like trials and failing at every single one up, up mm -hmm. to the very end. So okay. I don't know. I don't know if that was just like bad on the movie for not you know, kind of revealing that because you had to have more backstory or if that was just me as a viewer. So I don't know. Okay. Uh, Matt, any negative thoughts on the, the movie? Yeah. My only negative point, and this is just like a thing I could just say in general about David Lowry's movies is like the pacing. Like I, I actually like this. I think it's the best pace thing he's made, but the pacing when he arrives at the Lord's house at Joel Edgerton's house where um, mm -hmm. Alicia Vikander's lookalike is there. Uh, we yeah. can probably <laughs> talk about that too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that, almost seems like it's enjoying itself a little too much and it's a, like we've seen all these crazy like fantasy things before this you know ghosts and scavengers and just <laughs> talking foxes and crazy shit and now the movie kind of forces us to spend 20 minutes inside so that he can get a hand job that was my only thing i didn't <laughs> like i was like can we speed the this shit along no the hand job was fine <laughs> i also like that you leave your magic belt on during the hand job right. just in case 
No, it's uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> What's more impressive is that he wore that cloth after the hand job. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it was like didn't full ring it out, and I'm like, okay. Flick. <laughs> the cum sash was the best part for sure. Did you expect when he's outside and Joel Edgerton is like, "You got to give me what you got inside"? He was gonna yeah, like, like wipe his sash yeah, on his yeah. face. Here, yep. like, all right. Okay, if you want, he just starts unbuckling dude's pants. Like I'm a man of my word. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> like I think we could have lost. Probably a good 15 minutes in the Lord's house and some other minutes here and there, maybe shaved off. The bit with the giants was visually cool, but it doesn't, you don't need it because you, I, I already got that same, like, the, the whole reason that scene exists is so, like, hey, look, he's literally trying to ride the shoulders of these giant, you know, people right. so that he could take the easy way out. I was like, no, mm-hmm. we, we get it. Um, it looks cool. I guess if you're at, like, you know, if you're having a special screening with magical brownies, that's going to be an amazing scene. <laughs> um, but I found it just to be a little indulgent. But that's it. Th- th- those were my two kind of uh, complaints. Yeah, you, you nailed it, and that's oh. why I don't blame Heath at all. And I'll, I'll let you clarify even further in a second, Heath. I don't blame you at all. This uh, We were talking about this a little bit last night after our uh, episode, our, uh, episode 59. I don't blame anyone who doesn't like this movie anyone like i'm on like a countless you know subreddit movie subreddits and like groups on facebook and it's it's a polarizing movie and i don't blame anyone who doesn't like it because this is it's it's an art house film and you need to be able to really actively watch in a different kind of way this isn't an entertainment necessarily movie of like oh i'm gonna grab a bag of popcorn i might check my phone every now and then like this is what you're doing with your time if you're watching this movie and if you don't want to put that work in then you're not really going to enjoy the movie because that face value of what is literally happening on screen is nonsense. If you don't know what's going on, you're like, why is the Fox talking now? Or why did homeboy kiss <laughs> our like, hero? What's aren't these kind of the best movies, even when they're bad, right? Even when they don't make mm-hmm. any sense, like we're going to be thinking and talking about these movies for five, 10 years on, people are still going to be writing about them. You're not going to remember what happened in Black Widow next month. I promise. I'll ask exactly. you a character's name. Yeah. You're going to have no idea who I'm talking about. Um, that's why I like these kinds of movies, even when they Me fail. Too. They give exactly. us reasons to discuss them. Real quick. Me too. Go ahead, Ian. Uh, did anybody... So whenever he was at the house, at the Lord's house or anything, did anybody think that like the guy was trying to get him to have sex with his wife so that he would create a baby or something. And then that's what his gift situation was. of like, Hey, this that's is my uh... the entire time. That's what I thought until he kissed him. I was like, Oh, Oh, that's what he meant. Oh, okay. Uh, Heath, what did you want to clarify? Oh no, I was going to just jump in for a sec on the Absolutely. giant scene. Uh, for whatever reason, that's my exact like nightmare. Like I have a very vivid nightmare of that. Just attack issue. on Titan looking. So, like, seeing that was very striking to me. Like it threw me off for a loop. Because I remember like driving through uh, the passes to Washington, and I kept in through the night. I kept having these vivid, like almost hallucinations of like seeing a hand coming off the mountains, like just a giant. Oh, hand. Dang. oh so, for, so for whatever reason, that scene screwed me up pretty good. That's some good imagery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a quick Get, question. Uh, uh, yeah. The scene. I don't know. I didn't really understand this. Uh, I don't know if this is just a cinematic thing or what it had to do specifically with the story, but it was the scene right after he got robbed and he's laying tied up on the ground and it does that giant like camera pan yeah. and then he's mm-hmm. like a you know skeleton and then it goes back again and it goes back and he's back to normal. I didn't really understand what the point of that scene was. So, go ahead, Heath. I can see if like from my point of view, that's one of those things for me that I I felt was a artistic choice of the director. That didn't add to the story. Like it was spinning slowly because in my mind, how I took it was he was formulating, I could just give up here. This could be the end of me. This could be it. I could only go back and face my fears. I don't think my fear is there. This could be an easy way to die, in fact. So it's like him like slowly panning and thinking of that. And then he sees himself dead. And then quickly, kind of quickly pans backwards. So like time reversing. And he's like, no, you know what? I actually should have resolve and, and get through this. Okay. That's how I took it. But, but also I took it as why? To me, didn't add to it. It was an artistic choice that had no real purpose outside of visit or like visually showing you what he's thinking. Yeah, which I, I think, guess some well, people would find endearing. I did not. That's the point. But. I feel like, and that's that's it. Because how do you visually give you give like get us to understand that's going through his mind right then? Besides, it'd be him saying out, out loud, "Wow, if I don't get out of these ropes, I'm going to be a skeleton in like a hundred years." When the green, I guess, if you notice, the green grass and stuff was very fluorescent and was growing there to go yeah. along with the themes of uh, of girl in the castle, who was explaining, you know, green and rot, but it's also burnt rebirth, mm-hmm. like all the 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 thoughts on the green. It 
it was one of the first tests of like, all right, well, it's hard. Are you going to give up? And right. he's like, I could. But then he called back to the skeleton that he passed on the road in the little, I forgot, I called the Pirates of the Caribbean jail it's thing. It's straight up Willow. <laughs> it's Willow. It's like yeah, no, that was, guys in cages. I was like, yeah. this is a fucking Willow movie. <laughs> yeah, um, that, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you though, man. Like I, I, I didn't find it as indulgent. I thought the imagery was cool because I was, you put a skeleton in the movie, like it looks pretty good. Um, <laughs> but I'm with you though, like, he could have done something to kind of help you a bit, like, because I also had to put that together quickly. I was like, all right, is it a vision? Is this him? Is this some kind of a curse? Like, what is this? Yeah. I think just the slightest amount of sound design on that could have tipped you, like, I'm thinking. Like, like the you know, when you sort of hear that ramp down, like that, mm, and it sort of yeah. cues you in that somebody's thinking about something. Yeah. Like, little easy touches like that could have made those, um, I think, land a little harder. But now it's just like a cool, weird, like, yep, he's, that's yeah. him as a skeleton. Okay, he's going to keep going. Also, yeah. I think it's also a bit of a setup for later because the obviously the big the finale of the that. film yeah. is yeah. his yeah. vision of it. So I think it, it's it's a light setup to let us know that this is how this character thinks. He, you know, he visualizes and that's when it goes. But yeah, uh, what I was saying a second ago, I don't blame any who hates it because this is a, I call it a smelly fart movie where a lot <laughs> of it really is. And that's just the director. Like if you, I highly encourage, sure, it's sure. on Netflix, a ghost story. I really like it, but it is this even less refined, I feel like, where, because it, it's, it's the style of that kind of movie where very, very stagnant camera. And we're lucky if it pans slightly <laughs> like for a ghost story. And he'll, he'll linger on a shot for minutes for yeah. a very long time. And time is probably, it's an hour and a, a ghost story is an hour and a half. And there's really not a lot that happens in it, but that's kind of the point of that story. He can v- be very self-indulgent. And with this kind of movie, you can, when we're talking about it, we can, it's very easy to just go like, Oh yeah. The cinematography, the way the camera slowly pulls <laughs> it was- back. It was oh cool. yeah, that was it. It was cool looking like a director's sure. wet dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's I don't, and like I said, if you don't, if that's not your bag, if you're like I, I paid like eleven dollars. I want to see an explosion, and I want to go home laughing and having a good <laughs> yeah. time. I don't yeah. blame you at all. This is just not that kind of movie. No, I so say I love the is, artsy. Yeah, maybe this is a very bland and basic way to think about it, but I feel like he could have relied on Dev to act that. His crying, yeah, he's yeah, almost like give up, yeah. and then he gets resolved. Like you see in his it's face, almost, yeah, it's like almost uh, like where he opens his eyes and it's like like that, and then he like starts going again, you know. But maybe again, that's maybe a very bland and basic way to think of things. Almost like an almost a very also North American way of thinking things too. Yeah, I wonder if he it, if he seems like the kind of guy to me where he'll have that idea and he's like, okay, what are the three normal ways this is going to be done? And he's like, let's not do those three things. He's like, all right, well, that leaves us oh, yeah. with the, the long pan yeah. skeleton Have you shot. seen a picture of what David Lowry looks like? I a little, yeah, he's, he yeah. looks like a hipster Mr. Clean. He looks yeah. exactly the way you think he looks. And he has a curly mustache that he waxes. He's exactly what you think. And that guy would most certainly do that. He would probably walk around and ask the first three people what, how they would do that scene and go, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that. And I'm not going to do that. And so he's exactly. left with the Wait. David Lowry way. Holy crap! I can't. I don't know if you yeah, you're not this. lying. I saw, dude, your your phone was overexposed. All I saw was mustache. Dude, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. dude it looks terrifying. He's like a character yeah. in the in the Guess Who board game. You're like, who is this <laughs> mystery man with the is mustache? It David Lowry. Yeah, it's David Lowry. <laughs> just not over here, David Lowry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something else I really liked that it's just it tickled me, and I don't. It just it didn't really stand out. It's just as it happened. I'm like, I like when that happens. When the he was having the flashback of his prostitute girlfriend. And she was just like, "Will you make me a lady?" <laughs> just the way she said "lady," but she said it like, like three times. Like, Every time lady. she said it, it just tickled me. <laughs> it was such like an aesthetic, just primal. I'm like, I just like hearing that word said that way. <laughs> oh man! But so, uh, so what did you? I guess we can go ahead and talk about the the ending of this movie. Yeah is uh, a lot of people I I always I get irritated partially but I don't I don't blame it anytime I get on YouTube and like I'm browsing through all their suggestions I get a thousand ending of blah 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 explained and I've seen countless <laughs> oh, yeah. ending of green knight explained and I don't <laughs> I don't blame it for this kind of thing but uh to go with that thought when we talk about the finale have you guys read or are you familiar at all with the source material No 
I read it a million years ago in high school, but I'm not going to pretend I, that I remember anything about it. Yeah, I read it in middle school. It was like a whatever poem, and I that because it's heavy, like uh, medieval type Old language, and so yeah. it's very difficult to under to really understand. But I did. I read it back in like high back in middle school, high school, and so I have very vague memories of the the key points, like the the pillars of the movie. I remember the you know, the, the green knight to the, the challenge. And I remember, uh, the castle and the guy, like, whatever you get here, you got to do it to me. And then, uh, the, the ending of it as well, which the ending of the book is a lot more. And this is where the David Lowry took some liberties, which I appreciated. The ending of the book was revealed that the green knight was actually, uh, Joel Edgerton's character in the castle. He was that guy. And that's, that's the real there. Cause what happened was, uh, the, uh, dead, uh, Gawain? Gawain? Was that his the character's name? Gawain. Gawain. They say they, Gawain. everybody says it differently, which I kind of yeah, liked. right. It's <laughs> everyone's like Gara Gawain. So like, just eh. to cover the bases, somebody yeah. even calls him Garvin. I'm like, how the fuck did you yeah. do that? <laughs> <laughs> You're the king. Act like it, dumbass. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, he with honor, which this is how you you know you get a stretch a poem into a two and a half, like two hour movie. Uh, he gives the 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 sash to the to the guy at the thing he kisses him afterwards after his stay there he's like hey your wife kissed me i'm gonna kiss you i honored my word and then at the end it's revealed like oh by the way i was the green knight jk uh you're good go be a hero <laughs> go be a knight my dude and it's revealed more that the the it's it's all a big test to for the knights of king arthur's round table uh i i i, I that's what i recall i don't want so don't hold me to that if you're about to take a test if you're listening to this in high school or whatever that was what i took away from it when i read it Fuck back that. In the day. please put that on the test fail <laughs> i want to see someone have to do this and they're like and then there was a cum shot uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the, that's King Arthur. The old but, hand yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you guys interpret the ending of this? Because it does kind of give you the ambiguous. Now, you talk about it ending. Yeah, it does for sure. Um, I took it as he finally owned up to everything. He took off the sash, which is, which is a sign of his shortcoming. You get it? There you go. Um, <laughs> and he uh, took it off and finally accepted his, his honor and like did the honorable thing. To accept his mm-hmm. death, and he realized all his all his his shortcomings, um, and then when that happens, Green Knight kind of slides his finger across the note, note, signifying that I decapitated you, I took away, I, I killed your dishonesty, I killed the person you once were, now you're a new person. Is how I took it, and mm-hmm. he's not actually going to then decapitate him, decapitate him. So it's, mm-hmm. that's how it ends. That's also how I interpreted it. Was Ian or Matt? Did you interpret that I, a I different way? I could have said it in a better way. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, I also I like the way that the Green Knight delivers the line because I agree with you. And also he says it in like a winky way, like he says, off with your head. And yeah, it was almost sure. like a joke that like a kind uncle would give to like, ah, you little shithead, you know. Yeah. yeah off with your head. Like, you know that that guy's fine. He's not going to chop anybody's head off. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because to me, because yeah. I've, I've read the few people who are taking it like, yeah, and then he cuts then his he, head off. He and I'm like, that doesn't, to me, that's not <laughs> right, right. the journey of the movie is him, you that's know, That's like on the same level. It's like, it was all a dream. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Great. We're spinning in a wobble to dream. <laughs> yeah, because we talked about that. Because Dar- Dar- uh, I, I, so Darren was not going to be on this episode. I wanted him to be on this episode. I told him I would pay for him to see the movie because I just needed him to see this movie. And I came off a little rude. I feel like when I was pitching the movie, and I'm like, "You're not going to like it." And he's like, "Why? What do you think? I'm not going to like it?" I'm like, "It's a dense movie. It's a lot of visual metaphors. I'm like, it's you're not going to like it." And I feel like he took it as in I was calling him stupid, which I was not oh. trying. <laughs> to do at all i'm just saying guy who i was fully that, ready to go yeah. toe-to-toe with darren on this episode i thought he oh, was gonna yeah. be like here talking shit about every scene just on oh, general no. principle no the dude coming from the dude who didn't think denzel washington was blind and in, in book of eli he <laughs> i'm like dude i don't think you're gonna like this movie but uh yeah, I that's there are people who are thinking that oh yeah, you chopped his head off, but no, that's what this hero's journey is about. And I thought the elements of the mom and the witches and stuff was uh, was great, creepy visuals of that old creepy, horrifying old lady from uh, who was in that castle. She reminded me of the the grandma from Resident Evil Seven, Heath, <laughs> yeah. the creepy old lady in the wheelchair who just kind of <laughs> yeah. turns her head whenever you walk by her. That she reminded me super heavy of that, yeah. just horrible, horrible, creepy vibes. I like again. I like that where if like you know because if you remember the the from the beginning of the movie, the mom had that little thing over her eyes when she did the little witchcraft thing. If you are an active viewer, I feel like you will really enjoy this movie for that kind of stuff. But if you need it spoon fed to you, of like by the way, witchcraft and stuff, it's that's you know, it was a mom. Like, do you think? 
do you think the mom was using her as like a almost like a cipher so that she could see through that lady, the blindfolded lady at the Lord's house to spy on him? I took it that way because then then uh, I, I don't recall when it happened, but then she like kind of like rubs his forehead with her hand. There's yes. a part where she she did that. And that's what the mom did earlier in the movie as well. True. Yeah. Yes. That You're it, it was the same right. move. So I'm yeah. just like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that's kind of it's so brilliant. Like that. That's where I say it, it can get real smelly farty of that. I'm just like like but when she wasn't did that. she also there during the hand job? She was. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting a little creepy. It's Risky. our hey, it's Arthurian time. So <laughs> got to keep that royalty in the family. Some therapy after that. <laughs> uh, I'm unfamiliar with. I know, it was very clear that uh, King Arthur and Guinevere were dying some horrible death during all of this. Uh, I don't recall what. What was is that part of the like Arthurian history? I don't recall what that's supposed know. to be. I think that's David Lowry. Like that feels like one of those weird symbolic things because I and I I only know this from reading about it after. He's apparently a hardcore atheist, and if you notice in the movie, uh, Arthur and Guinevere are painted as very um, uh, spiritual and of the church, and I think he wanted to paint them as dying. Like oh, the old ways of believing in religion and these kinds of things are dying, and the sort of new school is coming to mm. prominence, going to take the throne. He sort of doesn't even respect. He doesn't even go to on Christmas. He's in the whorehouse. That's this kind of guy. <laughs> like, that felt like him signaling that. Um, I could be totally wrong, but I did kind of put that together. Um, that Mister <laughs> Mister Clean is uh, is yeah. an atheist. So I think that's what that was. I don't doubt that at all. Which is yeah. interesting because. Thing. The ending of this movie, and I don't see a lot of people talking about this because I, I think that people maybe may not be as familiar with this movie. So Martin Scorsese made a movie called The Last Temptation of Christ. And mm-hmm. whether you're like a churchy person or not, you should totally watch this movie because it's a Scorsese movie and it's awesome. And what he does that's really interesting is it's a Scorsese Jesus movie. So it's not the typical thing you're going to see in like a Sunday school. It's like Willem Dafoe plays Jesus. Harvey Keitel <laughs> plays Judas. It sounds like a joke, but it's real. And one of the cool <laughs> things he does at the end of the movie, the reason it's called The Last Temptation of Christ, is because as Jesus is hanging on the cross, all of a sudden out of the crowd, this little girl steps forward and she's like, up to this point, it's been totally normal, the Jesus story you're aware of, right? And this little girl steps out and she goes, you don't have to die. You can come with me. And he goes on and lives a totally normal life. He gets married and has kids. And then you're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Scorsese is doing all this crazy shit. And then it just, like, smacks you right back under the cross. And then you realize, oh, that was the last temptation. That was him getting all that stuff to be sort of wooed off. And I thought, oh, my God. He totally stole that from the last temptation of Christ. (laughs) As I was watching this movie, I was like, this is the same shit. Uh, But it worked. But uh, if you like that, if you like that kind of fake out, you should check out The Last Temptation of Christ. Hmm. There's heavy. another one. I, what, I can't recall the name of it. It's one of those old, old first movies. It's like black and white. Uh, it was like a soldier who's about to be hung on a bridge. Do you know oh, what I'm yeah. talking about? You're and talking he, about like, occurrence he, at Owl Creek Bridge. That's Yeah, and he like, yes. gets like pushed off. He's getting hung. The rope snaps, and he goes in the water, and he escapes to freedom. And it like the whole movie is him like running, making it free, and then cut back. Rope hits, doesn't snap, break. Cuts yeah. of black. Like that's the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was like it like, was like his visions from brain death, right? Isn't that what the yes. the whole I, meat I, I of the story that, was? Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely it's a I don't know if genre is the right, but it's, it's definitely a technique of ending your film of because I was I love that's actually something I really enjoyed about this movie of how long that segment went on of like okay so he ran all the way home well we because we've known the scale of this movie he didn't just walk home that afternoon he took a trip all the way back home he had to live with the dishonor but he also lied about it so it's like an internal rot that they were talking about earlier in the movie of the of green of rot he's rotting from the inside uh you know he has a kid and then that i I might do that guy freaking gangster where yeah. he, like, yeah. his, his, the prostitute gives birth and just throws some cash on the nightstand for sure, yeah. <laughs> here's some here's some cab money for the ride home <laughs> now i didn't stick around for this so this could totally be bs but i read on reddit i believe that there is a post-credit scene to this movie what yes I, where yes, the I read little that girl well. that's featured around. that plays his daughter used it's just a shot of her um picking up the crown and putting it on Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that means or why that's there or if that's a joke, huh. but I did read that there is randomly an, a post credit scene. Yeah, I uh, I guess I'll tell this part of the story now. So I had to pee about 20 minutes into this movie. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I know this is an over two hour movie. I'm like, I am in trouble, but I'm like, I can't, this, this kind of movie particularly, I cannot leave, like go to the bathroom. Black Widow, I'll run, I'll grab a, I'll refill my drink, whatever, but I can't <laughs> miss this movie. So 20 minutes in, I had to pee and I had, to, I was struggling so bad at the, by the end of this movie. The second, which I loved the ending of just the splash, Green Knight. The second it went on uh, screen and then like we saw like directed by, I'm like, all right, I have to get out of here. I ran to the bathroom and uh, we've all gone close. So I'll go ahead. I'll just be completely transparent here. I think I peed the longest I've ever peed in my life. <laughs> I counted. I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. I was a drummer back in high school. I thought I kept a steady pace of my timing. I peed for over a minute and 15 seconds straight. Dang. Impressive. Nonstop. <laughs> It That's was, amazing. I thought you were going to say insane. like you peed and then you walked out and another showing of Green Knight had finished. <laughs> <laughs> it, that yeah, so that, it was a bizarre experience for me. But uh, yeah, like uh, the, the ending though, I love how just how long that segment went on and then the the visual of it reminded me of. Do you guys remember that story? That like kids scary story. Uh, it was read to me back in like elementary school of the girl who had a red sash around her neck. Yep. And, and then like, like kept her head on. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Thank you. And oh. yeah. And then yep. like, that's the big reveal at the end. It's a kid's horror weird. story. Uh, she's like never like her whole life. She went her whole life, never taking it off. Her husband's like, can I take this off? No, don't take it off on her deathbed. She's like, all right, take it off. So he did. And then her head fell off. Yeah. Uh, it was the same visual, like type of visual you got from that in the, in the in the story which again i love because if you look at it at face value it's okay that's nonsense he just kind of pulled the thing out but it's like okay the doors were being the gates were being uh stormed he was gonna be be beheaded because he's the king of this of this uh of this city and uh i just again i loved that the the visuals of it which i mean i guess at the very end like the bullet points what i loved about this movie just visually and that encompasses you know, the literal visual metaphors, it goes with the the composition, the lighting, the colors and all that stuff is just it is pretty what for your eyes to see this movie. But uh, I guess we're re- kind of rearing towards the end here. Were there any final thoughts you guys wanted to bring up with the Green Knight? No, I think I it pretty good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was it was a fun ride, especially I watched it by myself in theaters coming back from the first I had time. I watched it by myself as well. Yeah. Yeah, it is great, man. Uh, great movie come back to yeah i i want to just shout that out that that's a great point to make because the theatrical experience for this i think was key Uh, all the people that are waiting um to watch it at home you're still going to get a good movie but there was something about being swallowed up by those visuals like really big i almost kind of wish this would never happen with a24 but i wish we i could have seen this at imax like this is something i wish (laughs) i could have seen in large format um but yeah i was i was pretty um happy with with the screening that i got so if you can, or if you feel safe, I, I would say hit the movie spin. <clears throat> Absolutely, I do feel like this movie is pretty controversial, yeah. though, right? Like it's it's definitely you either hate, love it or hate it. Yeah, oh, again, yeah, I don't mind. Sure. I don't. I don't begrudge anyone who doesn't like this movie because this yeah. isn't this isn't for everyone. It's not supposed to be for everyone. So yeah. when I saw it made six million dollars, I guess like open COVID opening weekend, I'm like, all right. Like that's not, this is not going to, you know, be gangbusters. We're not going to get a cinematic unit, like Arthurian cinematic universe. We're not going to get the Merlin story in this. Uh, it's, this is the story he wanted to tell of this, uh, of this old poem that they, he wanted to adapt. Uh, the last, but I forgot one thing I forgot to mention as well. It was kind of covered a little bit. Uh, I loved the sound design in this movie, especially sure. anytime the green Knight green moved, Knight. it literally the sounded cabin. like a tree yes. falling over. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was incredible. He also had those great, um, I call them RoboCop steps. It's like every step, it's like, yeah, it's so good in my theater. Yeah, wonderful. Every time the axe was put down, you see the little grass and stuff grow. It was so beautiful. God dang it, this was beautiful. You wouldn't get that just out of normal uh, streaming at your home. I mean, you you have to feel it through the walls and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. So that's why I think that might have been, I mean, it obviously didn't help them money wise, but I mean, it's, I think that was the better call of force. The people who are going to enjoy this movie are the ones who are going to go out to theaters to watch it. Yeah. You got to put a little bit of that effort in because if you were to watch this at home or you can pause it and go do whatever it, it, you would have been broken from the experience of it. So I think the theater is the most efficient way to watch this movie. If you really want to get the most out of it, which, uh, also too. So that's a little bit of side thing too. So I am a member of the Cinemark, uh, movie, whatever, where you pay like 10 bucks a month and you get oh movie club. Yes, that thing. Thank you. I could not. I was racking my brain on it. it <laughs> you basically, it's just you're you're pre-ordering a ticket every month. You pay ten dollars, you get a credit, a ticket every month, and then you also get like a whatever discount. It waive the big thing I enjoy about it. It waives your purchase your online fee. 
when you buy a ticket because for whatever reason in 2021 there are like you have to pay an additional three dollars four dollars to mm. order your ticket online if you're not a member which is just a hustle to me so i became a member it's like 10 bucks a month you get a free ticket every month and so i was gonna oh i'll use my free ticket it's if you see a movie at like noon, one o'clock, it's matinee. So it's five dollars. And it try it tried to be sneaky. So this is more of a pro tip for anybody who is or are movie club members. <laughs> if you try to buy a ticket of like a matinee, don't you have to unclick the little spend my credit thing because it was about to spend my ten dollar credit on the five dollar matinee ticket. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's the pro tip for that you guys. That is pro there. tip. That's pro level for sure. Because <laughs> I was about to get bamboozled by them. Yeah. But I'm also a movie club yeah. member. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why I called it out because I was like, I knew immediately what you're talking about. And one thing I want to give them big props on is that all through the pandemic, they were like, look, we're not going to charge you the money to stay on the movie club, but we're going to keep mm-hmm. all the points. Dude, I've amassed so many points that now I just mm-hmm. cash them in and get free tickets in That's addition awesome. to nice. my, my monthly ticket. That's awesome. That's, that is perfect. Yeah. I, love I haven't that. paid for a movie. I've, I, I've gone three times and I haven't paid for anything. That's how Dude. you do. Well, it's also yeah. to be fair. I think uh, if I recall from your show, the movies that you've gone to see weren't exactly home runs anyway. No, <laughs> so, no, not at yeah. all. No, thank God. So yeah, you, man. you paid about the right they amount. They bailed me out for sure. <laughs> but uh, so to, uh, on your show, the Mad Mark movie show, can you, what's some stuff coming out? That we, uh, get uh, look we just to. dropped our Jungle Cruise review. Um, that was fun. We also talked about Snake Eyes, which, funny enough, looks like shit, but we all really enjoyed. Uh, maybe we're crazy. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then coming up, as I'm sure you guys are probably going to wind up talking about, we're going to be doing uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. We can't wait. Which is getting insane reviews. I yeah, we're big James Gunn fans. It. Like uh, Mark and I saw Slither in the theater opening night. We saw oh, Super, wow. uh, which was another uh, great early I James Gunn movie. Yeah. Um, so we're really excited. It, it feels like uh, James Gunn is one of those directors we initially connected over, so uh, we can't wait. Um, I'm really excited. I also feel like you know, this was the movie that he came to because he got fired from, from Marvel temporarily, and I really mm-hmm. want to just see them fucking eat crow about how great this movie is (laughs) yeah couldn't agree more i have been so excited the second i saw james gunn's name attached to it right because a i'm a huge obviously behind me i have just countless books i love comic books i'm a huge comic book fan i love suicide squad and that david ayer film was just insulting I felt actually <laughs> insulted after I saw it where he, he even bragged after he was like, yeah, I hammered out that script on like a weekend and now he's whining. They ruined my cut. No, they didn't. This movie was bad from the beginning and you know it, but <laughs> that's why I'm so excited that we have James Gunn who I love everything about it. I love, I don't think I've seen a bad James Gunn movie. I love stuff he's worked on. My favorite Zack Snyder film is actually because of James Gunn. So like, I love, he did a, even Dawn a Scooby-Doo movies are great. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> They're home fun. runs home runs every time so i'm incredibly excited for this uh we are going to very possibly i don't want to jump the gun yet but we're going to be covering it for sure we're going to rant about that next week we may have some guests so uh, stay tuned if you're we if you want to hear about who we're going to have on as guests and uh this is usually the part where we'd wrap up but real quick because we do have matt here i wanted to talk to heath and i wanted to do this on air sure so matt and i were chatting on uh, on instagram about i forgot whatever reason came up he uh, mentioned uh oh uh it was because of your uh your G.I. Joe review, where there's a character that Heath and I really like, which we've been saying his name wrong, <laughs> Heath, by the way, for years, of Ico. It's, we, we've been calling him Ico. Ico, yeah. It's Ico. Ico. I've okay. been looking up interviews nonstop. I'm like, wow, I've just sounded like an idiot this whole That's time. Funny. It's, uh, yeah, he. It's uh, okay, he's you're in, in good company. G.I. Joe I was film. calling him Iwo Kawai. His name is Ico <laughs> Kawai. Mm-hmm. I blew it. <laughs> Those darn, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, you saying it with confidence too, trying to get people I'm like, you have to see the raid. There's a guy named, uh, named Ico, Ico and he's in all these Oasis. movies and it's just like, it, like an idiot. Yeah. That sounds like a Star but, uh, Wars character. Ico Oasis. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Ico Oasis is you owe him money. Exactly. Oh man. But, uh, so Matt and I've been talking a little bit and he mentioned a movie that I had not seen yet starring Ico. Have okay. you seen Heath? I don't think you have. The Night Comes for Us. I have not, no. It is a Netflix film, and for whatever reason, I consider myself active in martial arts movies. It f- completely flew under my radar. I had not heard about it. Hmm. And uh, it stars, it's Eco and I forgot his name, but his brother in The Raid. In the first Raid movie, he yeah. plays his brother, then he's off in the first like two minutes of right, Raid 2. Right. Uh, he's the lead in in this movie. And I'll, I'll be clear, I'll be transparent, and I'll apologize about it. Matt said, yeah, it's one of the, uh, like, one of the bloodiest, like, movies, like, I've seen, like, that I've ever seen in there. And I'm like, 
really more than the raid because in my head I'm thinking of that mad dog fight from the raid where he gets right, freaking right, right. stabbed oh, with the yeah. light thing yeah. and he's just like a fountain so I was skeptical going into this movie and it he's right I was right he's so right I was That's wrong good. Good. dude it is one of the bloodiest movies I've ever seen uh it's a martial arts movie but it isn't the style is purposefully not proper martial arts like what you're maybe thinking it's the most it, it's the most advanced knife uh, choreography I've ever seen in a movie where it's some stuff with some knives, dude. <laughs> like, I yeah. told, uh, yeah, I told AJ on Instagram, I was like, I like to tell people this is a horror movie with some action in it. <laughs> he's he's 100% correct. It really is. It's like Fangoria levels of blood, but dude, you do get a mini raid redemption reunion. And um, and you're totally right. It's like the uncoordination of the fight is kind of what makes it awesome because it's like, oh, sure. if you Seems took real. skilled fighters in the real world, it would be nasty like this because it's not mm, going to yes. be so neat and clean. And man, they really pay that off. And I think the reason nobody's heard of it is because Netflix buried it. It came out. This is not a new movie. I think it's been out for <gasps> a few years, year, two years, or like, 19. Yeah, 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 it came out and they buried it because... Um, I think maybe they were a little scared of the super hyper-violent product that they got. Um, Is it Gareth Evans or no? No. No, no. no but it not. feels like him. Yeah. It feels very much... It's very spiritually connected to the raid in mm-hmm. terms of just... You know the brutality of the raid. It's For that sure, same yeah. level of brutality, but with knives and, and there's some creative weapon to your stuff in this. Totally. And, oh, the director's name is Timo... Uh, Timo Jajanto. Um I hope I'm saying that correctly, but uh, I just wanted to call him out because he made a kick-ass movie. Yes, there are some, there are more than a few moments where they, where I go, for me, because you obviously you know how much of martial art nuts that we both are, where I just go, oh, I guess I'm watching it. (laughs) Because you get those hardcore moments that happen in it. But like, what I like to, uh, what I like to talk about it with is, again, it's, it is, it is martial arts, but like. It's it's there's it's purposely moments where like choreography is thrown out and dudes are just stabbing each other like 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 in front of each other. But it yeah, also has dude, the, the yeah. It has the spirit of. Uh, did you ever see the man the man from nowhere? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, that man on fire type of movie where guy had like little girl protect the little girl. Yeah. That's most of the plot. More plot than I honestly was expecting from this movie. So, uh, if this is your first time ever hearing our show, we have uh, a segment in our normal show on the main show called recommendations or homework. I'm giving this to you, Heath, as homework with the next time you and Lee are hanging out, the next time you and him have, it's a two hour movie. The next time you guys have that time, get the kids out of the room and watch, uh, <laughs> watch the night comes for us. Sounds Cause good. dude, it's, it's some stuff, man. That's awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited for sure. I'm glad yes. you liked it. I wasn't sure because I was like, oh, man. I was like, you know, this could go one of two ways. This this might be like a step too far. But I kind of knew because I was like, oh, you're into Spiral and Saw and stuff. I was like, he's going to be fine. Because I've recommended this movie to some people and they're like, hey. Look, it, it hasn't changed the relationship, <laughs> but, you know, it's a moment that we have, you know. Are you okay? Is it yeah. anything fun? <laughs> exactly. It's one of the most brutal here. movies I've ever seen. Um, 100%. Yeah, and I also want to call out another. If you're if you're in the mood for punishment and some more brutality, uh, mm-hmm. and you have not seen Brawl in Cell Block '99, check yes. that out too. Oh Man, God, what is that director's name? Gnarly, gnarly violence. It just sounds it. like a gnarly title. Who directed it? It's <laughs> yes. The guy who did Bone Tomahawk. In- yes, his name is Craig Zobel. He's like yes. one of my favorite new directors. Huge um, fan of his. He hasn't made that many movies. He's made Bone Tomahawk, Brawl in Cell Block '99, and another Drag movie called Dragged Pavement? Across Concrete. Yes, which is Concrete. great. There it is. Um, he doesn't fuck around. Like his titles are scary, <laughs> and he's scary, and his movies are scary. But they're a I, blast. I, yeah. I will support that as well. Any of his movies, you can't go wrong. I I love that because I, I the first one I saw of his was Cell Block ninety nine, and I'm like, okay, I've been seeing this uh, poster for a while, the imagery with Vince Vaughn. I'm like, all right, sure. And then the second it started, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna end up loving this movie. And the second oh, yeah. it finished, I'm like, what else did he freaking do? And then I I'm watched gonna Bones brag Tomahawk. really quick and tell you, Mark and I. That was when Mark and I were both still in New York City, and we went to the Alamo. We went to Fantastic Fest, and we were at the premiere uh, of. Uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99, Craig Zobel oh, was wonderful. there. It was awesome. And the crowd ate it up. It was uh, the best. I mean, I, I've tried to go to Fantastic Fests every few years. And uh, when it came to New York, it was really easy because I lived there. And I was like, man, this is amazing. And I saw all the Fantastic Fest lineup that weekend. And that was the best Fantastic Fest experience I had ever had. <laughs> um, and it, that Hell screening yeah. was like a knockout screening. So one of the coolest experiences so I've great. ever had. 
Uh, to kind of close us out here, Heath, do you want, I think you've told this story before on the, the main show, but can you tell that story again? We were talking about oh, uh, martial arts movies and how you thought you... So yeah, go ahead. Your recommendation of martial <laughs> arts movies. So my grandparents are visiting and they're in their 70s, 80s, devout Christians, <laughs> beautiful people. They wanted to watch an action film. I was like, you know what? I have a great suggestion for you. So I whipped out the raid oh, like no. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> got literally 20 minutes into it and the first action scene she, like the my grand her, my grandmother got up and she's like holding her stomach she's like i don't know if i can do this and like walked away real sweetly I'm like i just was like oh man cringing internally it's like why did i choose this i love this movie but why would i not just like you know speak for your audience know you're showing it to it's not me watching it's a, it was the worst experience ever i was like cringing so uh, wait did grandpa like, hang out and finish out or no he goes no. I, you know what I, I think we should probably change this i'm like yeah, you're right i think you're right he's probably expecting some lighthearted jackie chan movie we watched, we watched jet lee movies they're like he's like there you go yeah speed. instead I'm like, there there you go. dude's no. getting just yeah. kicked in the neck and watched, thrown off stairwells <laughs> We watched Fearless. I'm like, this is more speed. I think. Yeah, that's more yeah. speed. I'm an idiot. Just the biggest idiot ever. <laughs> All that right. is well, great, that's gonna... <laughs> man. That is a bold <laughs> move. I like it. <laughs> I'm a fan of it. That's a great story. They're the one. They're wrong for not enjoying this movie. <laughs> no. I'm sorry they don't want to watch. Give them their their uh, their Black Widow movies. Give them their by the books. Whatever one they don't want to watch. Courageous movies. <laughs> <laughs> but all right that is gonna wrap this episode up uh if you want to send or see me email you can send it to genregeekscast at gmail.com you can hit us up on all the social media stuff check out the matt and mark movie show they're 100%. on all the listening platforms as well give them if you're listening to itunes listener give them a review on itunes they're on the on the on the uh, search for that i have tried and, and i cannot figure out how to do it on android <laughs> so it's okay listeners. other people have tried and then they just don't want the pop socket they're like i don't care <laughs> oh, come on guys it's free. Just it, it costs time. Come on, just do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's gonna wrap this episode up. And until next time, bye.